Welcome to the Family Huddle Podcast. We understand family was God's design, and yet our families can often be the place in our lives where we're the most ungodly. In this podcast, we're hoping you find encouragement from God's Word, as well as practical ways the gospel can touch down in your own life, your home, and your family. We also hope to share some laughter, great stories, and let you know you're not alone, no matter your season or circumstances. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Family Huddle Podcast. We're so glad to have you with you with us today. Um, right off the bat, <laughs> I'm just going to apologize. I'm sick, actually. <laughs> so we're doing this um, from home like we usually do, but today I'm doing it with a box of Kleenex and a glass of ice water. <laughs> and if you hear a little sniffle or a cough, I apologize in advance. I'm going to try not to do that, but we'll see if I can make it through this whole thing with the scratchy voice. <laughs> Thank goodness for podcasts so we don't spread our sicknesses Seriously, to others. That's right. So this is a safe way to get some truth out there. Today. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Well, we're excited um, to spend another week with you here talking about another topic from Reengage. Um, last week we talked about communication, mm-hmm. which is coupled with... Um, the topic today, which is conflict. Conflict. Woo. Buckle Communication, up. that's right, often leads to conflict or not. <laughs> All right. We talked right. about that last week. Depending how it goes, it can be um, something that builds your marriage or it can lead to a little bit of conflict. A little bit of conflict. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to talk about that today. I, I, I'm excited for it because, <clears throat> not because I'm like, oh, I can't wait to talk about conflict. Seriously. <laughs> but I think it, everyone who is in a relationship, whether it's a husband and wife or with friends or others, um, you know, conflict is a part, a part of that. Yep. And, um, but I think in particular, when we think about marriage, you know, a lot of times people get into um, marriage thinking, oh, I've married the perfect person. And then they quickly realize they haven't married the Never mind. person. <laughs> Never mind. I take that back. Um, there is no moving ready spouse. That's Everybody right. is a fixer upper. And God fixes us up using marriage as a tool to grow us up in Christ likeness because what happens in marriage is things get exposed that for maybe, uh, you know, before we ever started dating or even got married, you can hide to a certain degree, but you can't keep those things hidden in marriage. And so a lot of the stuff uh, becomes uh, exposed, it comes floating to the top. And so God uses marriage to, to grow us up in Christ's likeness. But oftentimes, in the midst of being fixed up and the sin being exposed, there's conflict. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, it makes me think a little bit of um, last summer, our, gosh, he would have been five. Was yeah. Walker five last summer? No, he turned six. He's six now. Goodness, I am sick. (laughs) Anyway, for his birthday, he got into um, rock tumbling, Mm -hmm. right? And this reminds me a little bit of of the analogies of rock tumbling. Yes. Um, I think we can look at conflict and think, yuck, like I don't like this. I don't, you know, we don't want to be in disagreement with one another. You don't like the tension that comes when there's, um, you know, an argument or something. But yet God can use those kinds of moments mm-hmm. to help smooth off the rough edges. Right. Right. Like it was fascinating. We bought Walker a little national geographic rock tumbler and it mm-hmm. was really fun because we put in, you know, these raw rough rocks yes. at the beginning of the the process. Right. And then it, the steps led us to add water and a, um, 
a package of grit mm-hmm. and we would up the grit with each round. Like yeah. this was kind of a fun process because I don't know if you've ever done rock tumbling. I assure you until I had boys, I never had. <laughs> but um, it was weeks, which we were a little nervous. Like, is he still going to be into this when you have to wait for weeks? Yeah. Um, because you tumble each round like six or seven days or something. Anyway, he was into it and it was worth it because at the very end, we ended up with rocks that were completely different. Mm -hmm. They were smooth. Some of them changed shape even. Um, All of a sudden you could see just kind of the brilliance of this rock that at the beginning looked cloudy and dark and rough. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, if we will choose to look at conflict a little bit in the same way as Mm -hmm. not something that... um, we want to avoid at all costs, but something that maybe God is allowing us to go through as a couple. Right. Um, he's allowing this difference to rise to the surface so that through the way we do this together and as we ask him to help us do this well, he can shave off, yeah. right? Those rough parts of us and expose things through his grace that were maybe hidden under the surface. Yeah. Um, so anyway. Yeah. And I think it's how we view conflict. Sometimes we view conflict as something to avoid. Right. Because we don't like the tension. We don't like the disagreement. <clears throat> we don't like the, you know, friction in, in the relationship. But if we see conflict as an opportunity to grow, yep. to have those rough areas of our lives shaved off so that what comes out on the other side, yeah, just like the rocks, beautiful. is something more beautiful, yep. something more holy, something more um, godly. And that is going to bring about oneness and intimacy in, in, in a relationship. Yep, it is. So. And it's very different, again, from the messaging of the world that tells us, you know, like, don't stay in a relationship if you're not happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, if if this person, if, if you don't see eye to eye, it's like, well, you better run. And, you know, the reality of the situation is we're always, no matter how great the person is, there's always going to be some point of contention. There's always going to be some difference between us because we aren't clones. Right. And so, you know, God is saying then the picture of marriage, you know, it's a lifetime. It's a, a lifetime of bearing with one another mm-hmm. and not cutting and running when right, things hard. get hard. Yeah. But all that being said, nobody loves conflict. Right. <laughs> it's not fun. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> um, it's a real bummer, in fact. But yeah. I felt like our lesson this week was so excellent. Just gave some great um, parameters around. Yeah. Kind of what? What it is. And I think um, I love this quote by Todd Wagner on this topic of conflict. That conflict is not sin, but how you respond to it might be. Yes. And I think um, really what we talked a lot about is kind of principles, biblical principles for how to respond in conflict. And I think we could probably give a lot, but one I think rises above the rest, at least for me, of, of importance and that's this whole idea of when we respond in grace, it allows an opportunity to heal in a relationship and to be reconciled. Yeah, um, Grace is, is huge when we think about how we deal and respond in conflict. Yeah, you're right. And I think that's kind of what we're going to talk about today is we're going to really look at, well, what does that mean? How do mm-hmm. I respond in grace? And yeah. what does grace and conflict look like? What does yeah. grace do? Um, absolutely. And, you know, I think it's also good to remember that the goal 
of our marriage is oneness Mm -hmm. also, right? Mm -hmm. And so conflict is this thing that can really drive a wedge and it can either push us apart, destroying that oneness, or actually God can use it to build our oneness, to increase our intimacy with one another. Um, And so I, you know, that quote you read is perfect. How you respond to it is really where... It's a difference maker. Yeah. It's where the rubber meets the road, honestly, yep. when it comes to conflict. It is. So grace is, is huge. And I think, um, you know, just diving into this, I think about a biblical example of how a couple responded in grace in the midst of conflict. And so many of you might be familiar with the Song of Songs. And uh, there in chapter 5, you know, you have this couple that meets, they, they, they have a date, and then they, they're engaged, and then now they're finally married. Um, and so you have actually 25% of the book deals with conflict, <laughs> which some people out there are like, man, that sounds like my marriage. 25% of it feels like conflict. <laughs> right? um, and so the Lord knows that this is what couples go through. And so he gives this beautiful picture of how this couple dealt with conflict and what it did in producing oneness based on the response to it. And so just to set the stage of what's happening here, you have this couple in, in chapter 5 of Song of Songs. And Solomon has been out working all day in the fields and, um, you know, laboring hard in the vineyard. And he comes home at night and his, his locks are wet with dew and he's tired. And yet he has one thing on his mind. He'd love to spend some time with his bride. Love to have some intimacy with her. (laughs) (laughs) Um, She, on the other side, has kind of a different expectation of maybe what that evening is going to look like, which oftentimes we talk about unmet expectations or missed expectations can sometimes lead to conflict. And you're going to see that with this couple. And so he comes to the door and knocks on the door, waiting for her to respond. And her response is this, found in verse 2. Um, I've taken off my dress. How can I put it on again? I've washed my feet. How can I dirty them again? Hebrew for, I have a headache. I'm not interested tonight. <laughs> yes. And and obviously the imagery of this is, you know, ancient. Yes. Right? Like this, they would have been in separate chambers. Yeah. And yeah. yeah that's how this would have all played in out. King's Palace um, there. And she's ready for bed and... He's ready for more. Right. <laughs> I've seen Miss Expectations. One's yep. thinking sex, the other's thinking sleep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Have you ever been out there, listeners, who are married? But here's this wonderful <laughs> opportunity. And how they respond to this conflict is either going to go, in large part, drive a wedge between them or bring about an opportunity to grow in oneness. Yeah. And so it's kind of <laughs> like this this tension in the story, this this. Um, point of, of, of which direction are they going to go. Yep. And so here's what happens. It says in verse 4, My beloved extended his hand through the opening, and my feelings, she's talking here, were aroused for him. So she arose, there in verse 5, to open to my beloved, and then my hands dripped with myrrh, and my fingers with liquid myrrh, on the handles of the bolt. So here's the picture. She rises, she gets up, comes over the door, unlatches the bolt, to let her uh, Solomon into the room. And um, what she discovers is there's this liquid myrrh on the bolt. 
And so what he had done, he took the myrrh pouch around his neck, almost kind of like cologne for men back in that day and age, and he pours it out on the bolt. If you literally see the picture of this, a bolt of rejection, (laughs) (laughs) keeping and separating him from his bride is the very place he left something sweet, almost kind of like a calling card. I love you, and um, I'm not going to force my way into this room and demand something of you. Um, and so the way he responded to her in that moment was very gracious. And, um, and as you can see, her response is all of a sudden her feelings are all the more aroused. And she has a desire for him because of the way he responded in grace. It really, grace changes the temperature, changes the environment in a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's such a, I love that you brought that, that, um, passage into this because it's such a good picture of the kind of forces at play mm-hmm. right and you know there were probably great reasons why she could justify being in a bed there were great reasons why he was ready to yeah. spend some time with her right but um because he chose to respond in grace and he chose not to make a case for himself or even in that day kind of lord his position over her uh, yeah. His rights, you know, he didn't do that. Right. <clears throat> Instead, he was gentle. He let her know he was there, but he was choosing to walk away. Yeah. Um, I, I we can be instructed by that. Right. Like that's such a yeah a beautiful way to um, handle <laughs> conflict, conflict with our spouse. Yeah, it makes me think of Ephesians four. Yep. Two and three. <clears throat> and why don't you read that, babe? Because I think you have that already opened. I do. Because I think it it fits really well with what just happened um, in this uh, passage of Scripture. Yeah, this is Paul um, writing to the church in Ephesus, and he is instructing believers around the topic of unity, but this absolutely applies to marriage. This is what he says. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Hmm. So he gives us such a really rich, um, just a string of kind of instructions and yeah. um, fruits of the spirit that we're supposed to be walking out yeah. with one another. And I think in marriage, um, you know, as we come together in a conflict, I, I think we're going to walk through kind of each of these things that Paul talks about. But one thing I think is good to know or to remember is that we don't, we are never to come to one another like two lawyers, hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. arguing our case, pleading, yeah, um, all the circumstances and all the reasons why we did it so that we can win the argument. Right. The goal really of a conflict um, in a marriage is that we will always walk away having understood one another. Mm-hmm. So we let each other have a, a time to speak and feel heard, that we have, will have listened, and that in some way we walk away always reconciled, yeah. um, no wedge between us, but also feeling like the other has supported you, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like that we both win. Mm-hmm. Like together as a team, we walk away yeah. with a win. Um, and practically speaking, you know, I think we were laughing this week as we just kind of listened to the hoax they shared their testimony which was so great mm-hmm. and they talked about how you know recognizing in their marriage that god had put them together 
but they're very opposite. Yeah. Like most marriages are. Right. Not all, but most are like that. And yeah. you and I are like that. Yeah. Well, men and women think differently. <clears throat> very on a differently. A lot of different things. <laughs> yeah. And so it just made me think of, you know, if we're going to share some of our own marriage here, we can approach things really differently. Yes. We, I think if, if we have a week in front of us and you don't have to work and we've decided that's kind of a week to be off. Yeah. Your mind goes straight to how can we have fun and make memories? Mm -hmm. My mind goes straight to how can we get a million projects done? Right. Because we're all here and available. (laughs) Uh huh. And, and immediately there's tension tension. between the two of us because I have this, you know, thing and you have this view. And, and the deal is that both of us can be right. Yeah. And, but if we come at each other and we've done this repeatedly over the years, pleading our case oh yeah of why you know i'm right therefore this is how we should spend the next mm-hmm. six days mm-hmm. it really doesn't ever start us off on the right foot no however i would say that we have learned we are learning you hear me say we are learning so we're still failing sometimes at this but <laughs> we're learning to approach those weeks differently and to learn to understand each other yeah. right like okay so trav how about if if we have three days of fun mm-hmm. and we have two days of projects, right. <laughs> then we both walk away at the end of that feeling like a win-win. A win-win. And so I think, you know, good. that is the goal. That's right. where we're headed. That's where we're headed. And I, I, I love that. I think to put it in simplified terms, here's how we would describe one another in our marriage. Steph is Mrs. DIY and I'm Disney dad. Absolutely. <laughs> and those, if that puts it into perspective. Yeah, those things require different um, expectations. <laughs> yes, they do. And those expectations, again, uh, it, even what we saw with Solomon and his Shulamite bride, those expectations weren't wrong. It wasn't right. wrong for her to want to sleep. Right. It wasn't wrong for him to ha- want to have sex. It's not wrong for you to want to have projects done around the house. It's not wrong for me to want to go out and have fun and do adventurous things to make memories. It's just those are different. Yep. And, and coming together and being a team with flexing and being gentle and, and, and you know, showing tolerance towards one another and respecting the other person's ideas and finding out a, a uh, solution that ultimately is a win for our marriage yep. and not one person winning and the other person losing. Yep. And so, you know, we're going to talk here really practically about, well, what does that look like? Yeah. How do we get there? And I think we can just be counseled by Paul mm-hmm. in this verse. Um, be completely humble. You know, just beginning with humility. That is hard to do. That's really hard to do. (laughs) It's hard to kind of lay down in front of your spouse, maybe your your thoughts, your expectations. Mm -hmm. Um, I think even to apologize first. Yeah. You know, I think that is really um, not easy to do. Yeah. And I think the longer you've been married, it might be even more hard. Right. Because maybe we've gotten in patterns or or mm-hmm. maybe you just, I don't know, have kind of that feeling of like, this is how I see it and therefore this is right. So right. Paul says, no, no, be humble, completely humble. Go first. Um, apologize first. Recognize mm-hmm. my part. Mm-hmm. I need to recognize my part in the tension or the yeah. disagreement and, and when I do, I want to deal with that with the Lord yep. before I look at you and throw the stones your way, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. And I think this, you know, 
everything that is we're talking about is very practical, but it always points back to Jesus. Yeah. When we had sinned against him, yeah. he went first. Yep. To reconcile that relationship. Yep. Absolutely. And humbleness and humility literally bowed his head before the executioner's sword at the cross. Yep. And so everything that we talk about when we look at these character traits are really found in Jesus. Uh-huh. And only in Christ are we able um, to be able to live these things out with one another. Yeah, they're all fruits of the Spirit. All fruits of the Spirit. So this is not even that we just conjure up like, I'm going to be humble. It's that we ask the Holy Spirit to help us be humble. Mm-hmm. Um, and he will. And, and the next thing that Paul says is, you know, be completely humble, be gentle. Yeah. I think that's a tricky thing with a marriage, the it longer is. you're in it. Yeah. No, it can be true at the beginning too. Sometimes it's fireworks trying right. to figure out how to do this. <laughs> but I think we can, um, if we're not careful, we can tend to throw like our harshest words or thoughts towards the one that is closest to us mm-hmm. um, if we aren't intentional to be careful about our tone that's right um, our word choice the delivery our timing yeah mm-hmm. timing our expressions I mean there's just a million ways in which if we're going to be honest and examine how we're speaking to our spouse is it gentle mm-hmm. or is it harsh yeah and Paul is reminding you know if we're gonna nurture hum- um, unity, and peace. This is the way you do it. Yeah. It's not with a harsh word. Right. You know, Proverbs says a harsh word stirs up anger, right? right? Um, but a gentle, a gentle word diffuses. That's right. And so um, the other thing that he says is to be uh, patient mm. in conflict. And easy to lose our patience. It's easy to lose our patience. I think it's also easy to think I just want them to change or the circumstance to change right now. Yeah. And, you know, I think we have to be careful with that because that's what our flesh wants. Mm -hmm. We always want that easy gratification, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But truly the kind of change that is best is when it's an internal, um, deep work of the spirit, right? Like when God is changing our heart, that leads to better outward changes. And often it's just the outward change that we would like to see different. Mm-hmm. So I think we have to be careful and we have to apply patience to conflict in marriage in that we let's not pursue the quick fix because yeah. that sometimes is just a band-aid at the moment. Right. But let's be willing to be patient for God to, to do the deep, deep work, work in us, yeah. which takes time. Right. Because hard change is ultimately the goal. It is. Right. <clears throat> and in order for that to happen, layers have to be peeled back. And, and the real person has to be dealt with, and that's what God wants to do. Um, and that's why Jesus always talks about the heart is always the heart of the issue. And, um, and I think conflict reveals kind of where our heart's at, right? Things that we speak and say rashly in a, in a, in a harsh moment with our, with our spouse can reveal a lot about what we're filling our heart with or what is in our heart. Yes. And so I think that's the, the hard part and the good part yeah. of conflict. It's like a two-edged sword in a sense. Um, it's hard, but it's so, so good in what God's doing through it. Yep. You know, the other piece that, that Paul says is to um, bear with one another in love. Mm-hmm. And this one is a real sticking it out. Yeah. Right? Yep. Being willing to 
to be married to the other rough rock in yep. your house, right? <laughs> Instead of just wishing for the smooth, you know, beautifully over time, uh-huh. <laughs> tumbled rock, we are two sinners yeah. living under the same roof, saved by grace, praise God. Yeah. But we aren't who we want to be yet. Right. We're in process. And We're so we've process. got to bear with one another, each other. Yep. Yeah. It provides some space um, and allow the Holy Spirit to do a work on our spouse. I think so many spouses have this uh, mentality that they can change their spouse and yeah. who they are. And so we try to play the role of the Holy Spirit. We try to play God in their life. And we find out very quickly that does not work. Yep. Um, we have to let God do his thing. Yeah, because uh, he's the only one who can do that. That's right. Um, but what we can do that will help in the process is by showing grace yep. and patience and bearing with one another in love. Helps create, like we've been saying, that atmosphere for someone who's conducive and willing to respond to what God's doing in their life in conflict. Yeah, and you know, I think um, a practical way that we can bear with one another. Uh, Dear friends of ours um, have this kind of, I don't know if you want to call it a mantra or whatever, but mm. about marriage, um, and it's this, that we should protect one another's weaknesses, mm-hmm. not bear those for the whole world to see, yeah. right? Not shame our spouse, not point them out, mm-hmm. but protect the areas where the other one has got some weaknesses, yeah. um, elevate where they're strong. Mm-hmm. I think that's so powerful when we um, we cheer one another on and we really we paint a, a picture of the strength that yeah. our spouse has for others to see, yeah. as opposed to always like tearing them down, right? And then the other thing is to embrace our differences. Mm-hmm. So protect those weaknesses, elevate the strengths, and embrace your differences. And embrace the differences. Yeah. You know, those are practical ways that we can really. Instead of just giving up, we can bear with each other and we can love. do it in love. Yeah. Um, so I love that. That's good. And then Paul gets really, um, I, I kind of love this. He gets real honest. Make every effort to keep unity. Unity. Like make every effort. Yeah. That's, yeah. it's not going to come by doing nothing. Right. By avoiding. Mm-hmm. We're not going to be a unified team if we just get really good at sweeping things under the rug. Right. In fact, that's. Right disaster and, and the enemy would like nothing more than to to create all sorts of chaos and havoc um and and create disunity yep in a marriage by driving a wedge between two people yep um obviously if god's design is oneness yeah the enemy's attempt is to create disunity yep. in that couple because he's everything anti what god has established and done yeah, and so one way to do that is to reframe, to pursue this unity is to reframe um, how we think about the issue that you and your spouse are dealing with. So rather than thinking that we're fighting against one another, yeah, we've got to remember, no, no, we're teammates, we're side by side, that's right, and we're fighting whatever this is that's, that's killing our relationship, killing us, yeah, and trying to pull us apart. The sin or, or whatever, the distraction, the temptation, whatever that is, that's what we want to crush. Right. We don't want to crush one another. That's right. But I think oftentimes, you know, if we do, if we're not careful, we go into it like we consider our spouse the enemy. Yeah. And we're we're lobbing shots at them yes. versus the thing 
which usually is obviously the sin that's killing our relationship. I love that moment in Incredibles, for those of you who like uh, those movies. Um, you have this super family, and they're all supers in some form or fashion. Yep. But you have the husband and wife, right? Mr. Incredible and Elastigirl, <laughs> and they have a family. Why isn't she just called Mrs. Incredible? Right, she should be. <laughs> um, but in the, in, the, in the first movie, they have this moment of conflict. Yep. Right, and um, and he's been away that night. She thinks he went bowling. He's actually been listening to the police scanner um, because he still can't put the past behind him. He still wants to do super things. And so they have this conflict because he misses out on um, a graduation ceremony for uh, one of the kids, and all of a sudden they have this conflict. And before you know it, they realize there's somebody else in the room with them, and it's the kids. They're both hidden. And like, all right, kids, come out. We know you're there. We just want to let you guys know, yes, mom and dad sometimes have arguments and we fight, but we want to let you know that we're united together as a team to yeah. fight against the forces of pigheadedness. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that because they're yep. like, okay, it looks like we're fighting against each other, but we're, we're really, we're really right. united against that which is killing our relationship yep. because we're a team. That's right. It's a big game. It's a big game changer when yeah. you, you remember that you're teammates first. That's right. Um, and it's not your spouse that is the problem. It is the sin that's, right. that's causing the problem. Then the last thing that Paul reminds us to do is, you know, make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. Peace, mm-hmm. peace with one another is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, the goal, we talked about this, is to understand one another, but to always reconcile. Yeah, That is peace. That brings two parties who maybe felt some hostility that brings them together. And of course, Jesus is the ultimate example of that, right? right. He was the peacemaker. He is the peacemaker between God and mm-hmm. between man. That's right. He crossed the great divide. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, we were at war with God. Yes. And, and the Prince of Peace came and went, did warfare at the cross to yep. deliver us and to bring us into his family, having crushed the hostility Yep. That used to exist between us and him. Yeah, he didn't crush us. Right. He crushed the hostility, crushed right. the sin. That's right. Yep. Yeah, and peace, you know, in a relationship means you don't want to leave things, wounds mm-hmm. to fester, mm-hmm. right? Or those walls to build up. That's right. You want to walk away from a conflict, um, even if it's a day or two later, but you yeah. just want to walk away with peace between you. That's right. Because if you if we aren't careful to do that, especially over the little things, I think, over time, it just builds, it just builds. like a ticking time bomb. bomb. That will blow up on you eventually. Yep. Yeah, and I think as we just kind of like went through this verse, um, two verses there, uh, practical ways to be gracious um, to our mate, um, that will really bring about oneness, that intimacy, fellowship in our relationship with one another. And so, you know, grace is the key. And I think grace has to first season and condition our own hearts before we can respond in grace to our spouse, right? I think we have to allow the grace to penetrate and, and rework and rewire our own lives from the inside out so that we can respond in those situations and circumstances when things go awry in our marriage. Yep. And I think about that whole picture that we talked about in, in the Song of Songs 
it's a beautiful picture of Jesus. Because you think about it, Jesus is the one who, who, who pursues us and is coming for us because he delights in, in oneness and fellowship and intimacy with us. And the bolt of rejection where we said no yeah. to Jesus. And what did he do? He didn't, in a prideful, arrogant way, he didn't break down the door and, and, and crush us. Um, instead, he responded with grace. And on the very place, the bolt of rejection, he left his shed blood at Calvary. Yeah. That's how he responded. And that's really what wins us over to Christ and how we see specifically the depth of his affection, right? What he was willing to undergo and do to show us how much he loves us yeah. and how much he wants us. Yeah. And, and so it's, it's, it's this wonderful thing that by the grace of God, we can be deeply affected and impacted and changed by it. So it radically alters our thinking process and our outlook on life and especially how we view our, our, our marriage and yeah. allows us to, to act in a way that's gracious. Yep, because we know what we've been forgiven. That's right. We know how God has shown it to us. Um, and so I think, you know, that's one thing that Reengage has done so beautifully through this whole study is every week it really hammers home the idea that we have to get in the habit of dealing with ourself first. Yeah. Seeing ourself correctly before God, dealing with our sin and our part before we ever think about looking at our spouse. That's right. And I wanted to read this um, really beautiful paragraph from Paul Tripp uh, from his devotional, New Morning Mercies. It's so beautiful. <clears throat> it's really a gospel devotion every day. And this just fits kind of this exact thing we're talking about. This is what he said. The fact of the matter is that none of us are grace graduates, including the man who's writing this devotion. We are all in daily and desperate need of forgiving, rescuing, transforming, and delivering grace. When you resist humble acknowledgement of your sin, you resist the ever-present Redeemer who is making that sin known to you. He does this not to humiliate or punish you, but because he loves you so much, he will not turn from his work of grace in your heart until that work has accomplished all that Jesus died to give you. Mm, so powerful. That's so powerful. There is little room for neutrality here. Today, you will resist grace or you will humbly run to grace. May the latter be your choice. Hmm. And I love that because I think, um, well, it just, number one, <laughs> reminds us of all that God did for us, all mm -hmm. that Jesus did and died for mm -hmm. on the cross to set us free from. And what's available to us now is this daily grace, yeah. moment by moment grace. And so if we will humbly run toward that grace, then we're more likely to also extend that to somebody else to our spouse mm -hmm. and I, I it also reminded me of the song I heard on the radio <clears throat> today just talking about the the sweetness of forgiveness and grace and the there's a little uh, lyric in here 
It's kind of the hook of the song that says, I don't want to abuse your grace. God, I need it every day. It's the only thing that ever really makes me want to change. Mm -hmm. And I love that because I think that's true when we fully grasp what God has done for us. It's not that we want to abuse that. Right. It's just that we realize we're so desperate for it. Mm-hmm. And so to offer, to to recognize that and then to offer that to our spouse is life-changing and life-giving to a marriage. Sure. Yep. Um, because it's not that we're just, you know, turning the other cheek and our spouse is going to abuse us for it, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Like take advantage of that. It's the hope that when we treat them the way God has treated us, it will soften both parties. Mm-hmm. Right? That's and we right. could come together. Yeah. So good. Sin hardens us. <clears throat> Grace softens us. And so, so thankful uh, for everyone who's been listening today. Hope this has been helpful and encouraging and uplifting. Huh. That really, at the end of the day, grace makes a difference. It does. It is the difference maker in every relationship. Yeah. And so, as we celebrate this week leading up to Easter, yeah. we're reminded of what Christ did at the cross of Calvary yeah, for there, each one of us. There was a great price paid. A price has been paid. Right. A prisoner has been set free. That's set right. free from old way of doing things, old habits, and a new way because we have a new heart, a new life by the power of Christ who literally raised us from the dead, united with him the likeness of his death, raised to walk in newness of life, and therefore we can walk in that victory and walk in the grace that he's extended us, not just to us though, but to others. Yeah. especially our spouses, but our kids and to our co-workers, whoever. Yeah. The grace that we've been given, we give away. That's right. That's right. So thanks for listening today. Yeah. Thanks for bearing with me in love through my <laughs> sniffling and <laughs> my scratchy <laughs> voice and my nose that is very congested. <laughs> oh. Well, friends, thanks again. And um, let me pray for everybody. And we uh, will we'll talk to you again soon. Jesus, thank you so much for um, the grace that you've extended to us. May it continue to have its effectual work in our lives, changing the very condition of our heart that we might then be able to respond to others in a gracious manner, to walk this thing out, as Paul would say in Ephesians 4, and see our relationships healed and reconciled and brought back to a place of fellowship and oneness that you desire for us. And so we wanna um, right now uh, just celebrate what happens um, this week as we look forward to Easter, um, that Christ lived, he died, and he rose again according to the scriptures. Thank you for that truth, because it's liberating. Um, Thank you for everyone who's been listening. Pray, Father, this has been encouraging, uplifting, and something that they can take and apply in their own lives as you would apply the grace of God to our hearts. In Jesus' name, we thank you. Amen. Amen. Thanks for being with us today. We want to say happy Easter. Have a wonderful Easter weekend with your family. Uh, We will be gone or off next week Mm -hmm. because we're on break from Easter, Uh, but we will see you back in a couple weeks. See you then. All right. Bye-bye. And that's a wrap on another episode of the Family Huddle Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in and joining us, um, even as we dove into, uh, well, potentially more of a difficult topic today, dealing with conflict. 
Um, sometimes it can be hard because again, as Travis and Stephanie walked through, it's so much easier to simply look at the other person, um, or persons that you potentially have some tension or conflict with, as opposed to going to the word, um, and taking some time yourself to review and look over how am I handling this? Am I making space for them? Um, am I being humble? Am I giving time to actually listen to everything that they have to say instead of showing up with a ready-made answer and to believe ultimately that God can use conflict to grow me, to grow my spouse, to grow my children, um, any relationship that there's conflict in, God can use it in a way that glorifies him if I allow him to. And I was also just so encouraged as they mentioned to the fruits of the spirit. So it's not like me just working really hard, going to grin and bear it, going to try to figure out how to just do conflict better or not do it at all, but to ask God, how can you continue to show up in this, grace me for the things that I need and be at work in and through me and my relationships. So hopefully uh, you had some takeaways yourself. Um, We would love to hear from you and hear what those are. So feel free to reach out to us over social media, send us an email and as always, we appreciate the the likes, the comments, the subscriptions, the positive reviews. Uh, all of those things really do help us and mean a lot to us. So we thank you. Thank you. Uh, thanks for spending a little bit of Holy Week with us as we all prep for Easter. And hopefully you're able to enjoy some sweet time uh, with little to no conflict with your family over the Easter holiday. And we will see you soon. <music>